Welcome back, lovely people. We are back consistently this time because none of us went to Europe this week. So episode 33, Quasar's podcast. The whole crew is back. Ben, we, we thought you we lost you for a moment there. You're you're finally back on the pod. Nice to have yeah, you. Yeah, it's been a while. Thank you for uh, welcoming me back, Joel. Always. Kim's here. Jesse's here. I'm here as well. And we're back after another road loss, another 1-0 road loss, which seems to be our jam right now. Uh, losing by one goal on the road. Against Wolves this time, it, it seemed a little bit similar uh, to what we've seen, but also in a lot of ways not the same as what we've seen. So we've got that game. To recap, we've got a look ahead to Wednesday, which will be our Champions League home leg against Milan, where we also uh, are down a goal from losing 1-0 on the road to them as well. So That's what we I get guess... for asking for consistency. Bunch of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've gotten consistency. We have gotten it, maybe not in the way that we want it. There's a few things I want to get to today. I think, first of all, Jesse, I can start with you. What did you notice about this game that either reminded you of the loss to Sheffield or anything that you thought maybe was different? I, I thought we just looked a lot better um, than than Sheffield. Obviously, the, the things that it, the common denominator is uh, no goals. Um, but it felt like we were a lot more deserved of scoring one and a lot closer to scoring one in this one. Um, had a few changes. I don't remember all of the all of the details, but I think generally it was like this was a really encouraging first half. Um, there was still the just like, you know, what do we not get? Um, you know, aspects of it of of just like I thought we were past starting Sun and Parasitch at the same time. And then it was like, just kidding. No, we're gonna do that again. So that part was frustrating. Um, bringing on Lucas uh, was just sort of like, what? Like, what, you know, oh, we're still bad at subs. So that's that's another another thing that uh, that was common. But I think otherwise, like, um, you know, I'm the XG uh, expert or XG fan, and, and we out XG'd them by, by quite a bit. I think it was like 1.5 or 1.6 to around half, depending on what, uh, what XG – um you subscribe to but I, it was a lot more encouraging i would have been fine at the end with a draw it was absolutely deflating to to see that especially of of all people like you know <laughs> I, I i saw it and i was like oh no a freshly right. shiny oiled up adama and earlier in the game i was like where's he at like i remember he fills it out of bars so i didn't remember that he came back or if he was even getting run and i'm just like well glad to see him not starting and then it's like oh no they brought on adama at half like now i'm concerned so and I'm just like picturing seeing him just running down the flank. And then there he did. And, and, and it didn't score down the flank, sort off that, that rebound or that, you know, failed clearance or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so that was a bummer. But I was like at, at the 75th, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Like this is a road draw. Uh, although their their form isn't great this year, they've got, you know, a, um, a, a decent, uh, you know, they always play Spurs close. Um, and so I would have been fine with that. And then it was just a real, real kind of gut punch there to, uh, to lose the end. I thought, you know, my, as I'm moving away from the triangle and into the Spurs roller coaster, I thought that getting out of kicked out of the FA cup was worth a couple of losses in a row. And I thought, okay, we're going to bounce back. Um, obviously I was wrong, but now I'm going to, you know, bet the house on, uh, on the bounce back being against uh, Milan this week. Well, we will get to the Milan preview shortly. It's interesting that you mentioned the rebound because it reminded me of the Milan loss, uh, which was another one nil loss on the road where Fraser Foster makes a save and everybody's just kind of standing around and then it gets poked back in, which is like tough on him because it did feel like he was making some good plays. He didn't have an amazing game, but it does feel like very similarly to the Milan loss where like, Hey, help me out a little bit here, guys. Like I'm, I'm I'm doing my best, uh, and it just kind of gets stuck in anyway. The game against Forest was straight trash. Sheffield. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm the one against Forest was trash. I'm too. confusing our I'm <laughs> confusing our cup losses. The Forest game <laughs> was the Carabao Cup that was trash. The game against Sheffield was the FA Cup was also trash. Were we trash against Wolves, Kim? 
I feel like in the I feel like we weren't trash, but I also don't feel like we were good. Um my main thing that I felt like we didn't do well was like compete in the midfield. I felt like they got a lot of like they won a lot of the ground duels. Like if you look at those stats, they got like 60% of them. We got like 30% of them. So it, when it was coming to like getting 50-50 balls, I felt like they got more than we did. Um, we did a lot of our, to me, our best work offensively in the first half, and we didn't score off of any of that. Obviously, we had those chances where we hit the post twice, like that could have easily been two goals. Um, but I just felt like as the second half wore on and we didn't score, I definitely felt like they were going to score. Like it got yeah. to the point where where we hit like minutes 65 and I was like, well, Wolves are going to score, so we need to figure out a way to score too. And what happened? Like it just seemed like they at in the second half they were getting what seemed like the better chances, and maybe they were getting on the end of them, but they were at least trying to be like more incisive, even if they were what seemed like pot shots. But like Ruben Nevis had like three three shots in like what seemed like five minutes, just back to back to back, and none of them were on target. But I feel like they were at least doing that in a way that we weren't, and um. Obviously, yeah, we looked more competent because we started Kane and we started, I mean, we started, uh, we started Kane and we started Romero. Those two things right there will, will make your team more confident, but I don't know if Longley in the middle was a good idea. Um, I felt like we had turnovers in the midfield and a couple of times where uh, Wolves would have, could have scored. They didn't, um, you know, finishing is just not their thing. Um some of the moments where they could have scored was just we were just giving the ball away. It was going straight from the defense, straight to their midfielders, and they were just running back on onto us. And like you can't win a game if you're gonna do that. And then when you do get into the box, if you're not incisive enough, if if you're not, you know, really making the defense work, then you're not gonna score either. And I just felt like we were in that middle ground of not doing enough offensively and not doing enough defensively. And as such, we lost. Yeah, I would, I would agree with most of that. I, can we call a moratorium on Kane taking free kicks, especially when Poro is hitting <laughs> you know, the crossbar? I mean, we'd love to. Like, like, I don't is, know how you go right back first, to that. That was his first free kick. Boom, almost a goal. And we go, you know what? Harry Kane, and then it's let's go again. Almost identical spot. And let's see Kane bang this one against the wall again. Like that. That's fun. It but, does uh, feel to me that, because it's funny that you brought that up, because I was actually just about to ask you about Poro and the free kicks. It does feel to me that, especially with Hugo being out and Kane wearing the captain's band, that he's just kind of like imposing himself on free kicks. Like I don't, I don't think any of the other ten players on the pitch are like giving the ball to Kane and saying like, "Hey, you need to come take this." But like he stands yeah, on the spot, and then true. nobody's really bold enough to be like, "Bro, you need to move." And I think that's really more so what's happening is like he. And we have to think about everything that we've talked about Harry Harry Kane, especially after he broke the record. And we were talking about how he's like a go-getter and he works hard to make himself something better than he isn't and all this other stuff. And I do think in his mind, um, there isn't anything that he can't do if he puts his mind to it. Would you think and he think bangs him in in practice or something? Like what? I'm sure, he, I'm sure I mean, he does. I, I'm sure I feel he does. like he has to. But like my thing is Harry Kane, like – Look at your, I don't, I don't know. Like we can say that, yes, he, he thinks he's the best at everything, but there comes a time where you realize all the free kicks you've taken for this club, you don't score. Maybe you really should, especially now. Like I, I not even doesn't this, score, like hits the wall consistently. Yeah, well, yeah. yes, but like before this, like the thing that like everyone knew about Pedro Porra was if you could say anything from what he did against us, what I've seen him do against some other Portuguese teams, Pedro Porro was good at free kicks and he was good at crossing. Those were like the two things that I know that if he did them, he probably would be okay with at them or like getting a ball into the box. Those are like the three things there. If someone was to be like, who is Pedro Porro? Those would be the three things. So why is it that he gets the first one and that That's might I was, have I was been more the surprised best free Kane... kick I've seen that didn't go in on this team. Like, oh, Sonny had one, Dyer had one in in like um, the preseason. But I have not seen a free kick from someone that quickly into the team that seemed like it was going to go in. 
if anything, that Give was the, the guy part another chance. Me, though, is that Kane <laughs> let him ha- have that first one. Like once he once he lets him have that first one, and then you see how how close it is. And then again, the crazy thing about it is it was like in game time, what, 10 minutes later or five minutes later from almost the identical position. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was very strange to me. But overall, I think that, um, yeah, I wasn't totally disappointed with how we played on on uh, Saturday. I, I thought I thought the first half we actually looked pretty good. We just weren't, we weren't putting away our chances. It reminded me, I, I think it was West Ham earlier this year. It was what we talked about a couple times because it's only happened a couple times where we had a reverse game where apparently we used up all our energy in the first, you know, 45 to 60 minutes. And then towards the end, it was, it was Wolves were definitely getting the better chances. Sonny still just looks so out of form though, too. Like when he skied that, that one that ended up being an offsides call anyway, when it's just, he does not look confident at all. And then for him to hit the bar, that's some bad luck. You know, <laughs> you keep waiting for things to just start happening for Sonny. Yeah. They're, they're not. Yeah, the Sonny argument and is with Charleston, I mean, it's getting close to saying, I mean, we'll give him more time, but man, he's done very little <laughs> this year for us. I know he's been injured for parts of it, but sorry, but I know we were all pretty stoked about him after not, not necessarily the initial signing, but after we started seeing his uh, tenacity, his kind of like an infectious uh, attitude. Um, and they had those goals in the champions league in the fall and then has done almost nothing on a stat sheet since then. Uh, I know it's not all his fault, but our forwards, man, we're well, just having I, rough because even Deck is not playing great. I think there's two sides to it with Richarlison. Um, on the one side, you could say, like basically what you said, he hasn't really done much of anything. He's not scoring or assisting. And he hasn't really provided this the type of opportunity that we thought he would bring to the team. Even especially against right yeah like even especially against the sheffield game like when he had that shot that like basically hit the corner flags like whoa that's really bad well what is on the other side of it though like you could say ahead of him (laughs) like the guy that they've already decided they don't want back next year well right well that's that's ahead of your 60 million pound signing like that's that's i think that's the other piece though is that i think the argument for richarlison or in his defense is that he hasn't really gotten a chance to start. Um, he started a few games and then it was automatically put back on the bench. And the primary argument that I've heard is that he's being asked to play outside of his position and his his best role is at a nine. And right now, you know, he's not really ever going to play there because we have Harry Kane, who's the best nine in the country. And so it it's almost like we signed a player that we knew we weren't going to play in his best position and we're still expecting him to produce despite that. And so like, I'm a little bit on the fence because I do understand that argument, but I still feel like he should have produced more than he has to this point. Yeah. I mean, it can be both things, right? Like I'm looking at his, his match log right now and he got three starts in a row, West Ham, Chelsea, Sheffield, um, 67 minutes, 88 minutes and 64 minutes. But other times he's appeared this year, like it's, his appearance number is going to look big. But for us, it's like, you know, post-World Cup, 20-minute sub, 13-minute sub, 15-minute sub, 16-minute sub, 21-minute sub, 6-minute sub, and then those three starts. And it's like, what do we expect? How do we expect a guy who who was used to being the Harry Kane of uh, Everton for years, as in that he's one of the first names on the team sheet and starting almost every game that he's healthy, like, Guys need to get into a rhythm, and and obviously Conte and and Stellini or whatever have given Sonny the benefit of the doubt and just be like, hey, you're not performing. Obviously, again, part of that is is uh, uh, tactics and position, but as uh, Ben just mentioned, also he freaking is skying balls sometimes and not getting clean looks on things when he has a chance. So it's also part of that's form. But it's yes, would have loved to have seen something. I think at, at the World Cup break, I said that maybe on this pod, definitely after a couple cocktails to my friend who's an Everton fan that I think where Charleston's going to have double digits, you know, combined goals and assists uh, in the second half of the season. He's not done any of that yet, but I think some of that stuff is just like, well, let's give him an actual run of games. If we've given son this much, um, you know, this much run like ever, uh, ever Charleston has proved almost as, as much as son as, of him being good in this league. Like let's give him, like he said, he had the three straight starts that I mentioned before, but then went right back to, and I thought I thought he was starting to look good against West Ham. Chelsea didn't score, 
Um, and then six minutes, like, what do we expect these guys to do in six minutes? This isn't FIFA. Like we need to give, again, that goes to the larger, the larger subs conversation, but um, because of the injuries, which, you know, not, not his fault, he really hasn't had for us, the only stretches of, of a couple of few starts in a row besides the, the one most recently was in September when he started against Fulham, Marseille, Sporting, Leicester, heading into the international break. Right. Yeah, and he That's had an assist. Was hurt. Right. He had an assist. He had two goals. He had uh, 0.7 combined uh, assists and goals in the against Sporting when he didn't score. So like he was doing stuff and starting to play well until he got hurt before the um, you know took some time away before. No, that was in September. He got hurt a little bit and then came back. So like that was the run of games where he was starting to do good. Like I think some guys like kind of like baseball. You need guys. Some guys can come in and pinch hit. And other guys, especially guys like this that are used to playing all the time, need to need to be playing, you know, some if not 90s, at least, you know, 60, 70 minutes uh, a few times to to bet in and get comfortable. I will say yeah, this think- in Richarlison's defense for all the goals that he isn't scoring. I will say that his work rate is amongst one of the best on the team in terms of like actually pressing the ball. <laughs> it's funny because when you watch Spurs. Very, very rarely do we press at all. But when we do, it always feels like a little bit of a half press. Like Harry's not really good at doing it. And neither are the other two guys that play in the front three. When Richarlison does it, it it looks better. Kulisewski's pretty good at pressing. He's decent. I'll, I'll, I'll say that even when he does it, um, when Richarlison does it, I mean, like he's he still doesn't really get a, a ton of help. But I will say like he's a lot better at getting back on defense than Sonny. He's a lot better at just doing things to get the ball back. And some of the things outside of putting the ball in the goal, which to be frank, Sonny isn't doing either. But I feel like if I'm going to give one of those guys 70 minutes, I'm probably going to give the minutes to at least the guy that's trying to turn the ball over the guy that's running back on defense. When especially because trying to do more things than just blast the ball. When Sun's profile makes him more likely to be a super sub, I feel like just coming in with more pace, running at deep, like tired defenses. Yeah. And we saw him have a hat trick earlier this year when he did that. I mean, I, I, I don't understand a couple of the thing, the uh, lines of thinking here. Like to your point of playing Sun into form all season and having so much patience with that, while having very little for Richarlison. Um, but really the substitutions are just, it's, it's insane to me that we don't make substitutions until like after 70 minutes, like ever. I don't, I don't get, I don't understand it. I know that we haven't had tons of attacking options all year. And when they make substitutions, they're really weird. Like they don't make what, what like again, Lucas is such a bizarre sub to bring Lucas on. I, I was, I, I was surprised that he's even getting minutes anymore at all. <laughs> I guess they need him, but. I, I, mean, I don't know. We 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 all thought we were done with Lucas, and here comes Lucas again, back on the pitch. Uh, just but I just want to say, I, I just when you thought he was out, <laughs> but I I want to say I do agree on the point about Richarlison, where I feel like what he does bring to the team is I feel like he does help the other guys in terms of like level of intensity. So like what we saw against Chelsea and West Ham was just like not against Sheffield team. though. When he had to play I mean, as a nine, too. I the, mean, I'm not saying that thing, that's all on The him, thing but. is, is like, I'm, I'm like, when you look at the team that we played against Sheffield, all of us have complained about what that team looked like to begin yeah. with. Like, we should have we should have played a stronger team. That team was just not great. It was full of players who did not play regularly, who have not played together. So, like, I don't want to... That I I don't want to blame all of that on Richarlison, the fact that, like, we didn't play well against Sheffield. I feel like in the two games that we did play well intensity was not the problem like us getting after them did not seem to be the problem and then when sun came on he was able to run at tired legs and do things a little better so like for me i it i was like floored that sun was starting like i just couldn't believe it i was like i thought we i thought we got past this sun thing starting (laughs) i thought we were gonna start seeing other people in that position at least in games like if you're gonna say that this game matters more than the cup then play your strongest lineup. Like, yeah. And I get it. Like champions league might mean more than a game away at wolves. And maybe you thought we'd get away with it, but that's the, that's the thing that I feel like we're in this position where 
we're always feeling like we're trying to get away with something. We don't get away with it. And it's just, it just compounds and compounds and compounds. And so I'm like, if we didn't win the cup, we needed to have beat Wolves. And at that point, was it worth it? No. We're going to lose both those games. You might as well try to win one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that speaks to a larger issue in terms of intent. And like you said, trying to get away with it instead of actually just trying to win the game. A few things I will note about the Wolves game. Like, I didn't think it was particularly trash, especially in the first half. That was one of the stronger first halves we had. Jose saw made a few really good saves. I believe he was man of the match. At least he was in my eyes. I don't know who all named it to him, but. Yeah, I think Fat Mob at least said he was man of the match. If he won the Joel man of the match, we don't need to look up anything else. Yeah, we don't need to look up anything else. (laughs) We know what really matters. Looking at the stats, though, 21 shots to their eight. And the ball possession was fairly even, but I think that points to the fact that even with nearly 50% of the ball, they weren't getting shots at our goal because Wolves don't really know how to take shots at goal. And I think with a little bit more luck, we might score two and then the game's over, right? So, like, we didn't win the game. I'm not saying that we should have won. I'm not saying that we had an amazing game either, but I, I think that some people within our fan base are kind of spiraling because of the way that we lost both games back to back and kind of say, Oh, it's the same old thing. And like, I, to me, it didn't really feel like the same old thing. Of course, the result is ultimately all that matters. We lost the game, but it does feel like we were at least trying to win that game, at least at the beginning. I don't really understand the substitutions, but we've been saying that ever since Pochettino, like we've, we, this team is not, made good subs under any manager um which actually brings me to the next point that i wanted to bring up because i do think within the fan base there does seem to be a lot more rumblings than usual about pochettino and about conte and about whether or not he's going to come back and what that means for kane and if and when conte leaves which frankly i do think he is leaving there's been a lot of conversation around like, should Pochettino come back? Who else is out there? He's the best option we have. Conte isn't working. There are people who want Conte to stay. There are people who think Pochettino should come back. And then there's other people, um, I guess, that want someone else. I'm curious to know where you guys stand with the whole managerial thing. And if you feel like that is making an impact on some of the results that we're seeing against teams like Sheffield and, and wolves. I I would love him to come back. I don't know if, you know, that when the the time is right before we hired Conte, I was talking to myself into, into him coming back. Um, You know, before that, I think that like, he's pretty talked pretty openly, you know, about, about wanting to, to do that. And I think he's talked about, you know, coming back to Spurs and managing Argentina is two things he wants to do at some point again. Um, obviously the club still has a lot of love for him and, and, and vice versa. Um, you know, at least from the the fan base, I think that, um, you know, it almost feels a little bit like a, a, what, what could be like, uh, like Levy slash Spurs or, or just sort of like, Hey, we had a really good thing going with a very stable and interesting, uh, you know, uh, significant other. And then we didn't get what we wanted. We thought we we're going to get to to wedding day, and we didn't. And then they're like, "All right, we're, we're, this isn't going to work out." And then we went and dated two other people um, that were very attractive, but absolute maniacs. And then now we're like, "Wait a second, what happened to that really stable, uh, you know, very attractive person that maybe not didn't have as much, uh, you know, uh, wasn't as well known around the neighborhood, but, but it was a lot better. It it, it feels like maybe kind of, maybe that's the thing. And and then, you know, expecting Levy to change is silly, but like, maybe that's the thing that like having to, having dealt with Conte Mourinho when, when, whenever the time poach comes back, if Levy's still there is like, okay, now, now I'll listen to you. I I realize what, you know, the, the grass wasn't actually greener, you know, in, in some of those spaces. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm not Conte out. Um, you know, at this point, I, I, I still would like to see, we know it's not gonna be a long-term situation, but you know, I'd like to, I'd like to see again, you'd, a, give a it, you'd want him to come back for maybe another year. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think, I don't think there's a, a scenario where he's back in 24, 25, 
no. whether he wins every trophy in the world or or we finish 18th but i think you know a, a full like at least that's a that's a full conte um session of you know two and a half or three years that to see fully what what uh, what he could be capable of with with the proper backing in the in the windows that we you know would would uh that he's asked for that we'd want to see my biggest thing is it feels like we've restarted to regress under Conte, or at the very least has not been progressing at all since i don't even know almost this whole season it's been just kind of a treading water type scenario that we already talked about this before but we thought would we were hopeful that it would resolve itself after the World Cup. It definitely has not. It's just been more of the same. Um, At what point this season do you feel like we've looked the best? Like, is there any point this season where you said, this team actually looks pretty good? Not for a, not for a sustained amount of time. I mean, probably at the beginning of the season, <laughs> except that's where we were kind of getting some lucky wins, you know, where we, yeah. we were playing great, but we were picking up the points. Now we're still not playing great and we're losing more. Um, I guess the good thing is we haven't had a ton of draws and this, this season is so weird. Uh, the other teams are also struggling. I mean, if, well, draws are better than losses and we have nine of those. So absolutely yeah. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Uh, no, but I mean, if, if I'm sure you guys saw the Liverpool city uh, United game over the weekend. Um, I'm glad we didn't have that happen to us this year at all. Uh, but Liverpool are starting to, like, they're only a few points back of us. We're only a few points back at United. Um, I feel like this season, in, it's always like this to a degree, but this season in particular feels like a span of two to three games is just completely flips everything on its head. So it goes from being great to being terrible and from being terrible to being great. Like, beating City was obviously a huge deal. Everybody was stoked about that thing. Same thing with Chelsea. But then immediately afterwards, we have this happen. And, and that happened with, was it Leicester right after uh, the uh, the City win? Um, yeah, it just, it feels like the narrative is is changing, you know, very, very rapidly all the time. And, and we, again, I, I think this, that's true of the Premier League in general. And Spurs probably, I don't know, I want to say in particular, because I think everybody feels that way about their team to a degree. But this this season in particular feels just really volatile, I guess. Um, as far as having Poach come back, though, I think that I think that it makes more sense with the way that we're playing things in the market, and the way that we're doing things, um, we're recruiting to have a project manager. I think that Poach would definitely be he would fit that bill. I'd be pretty happy to have him back. Um, I think there are other options, too. So I don't think you need to go tunnel vision on Poach. I don't think I really do want to see Conte back here next year. I feel like we've seen enough out of him to <clears throat> say, like, yeah. He plays fairly unattractive football. He is very, um, I don't know. He's kind of, I don't, Did I don't you? like the way, well, and, and the, the way that he talks to the press where he's like very, you know, keeps himself separate from Tottenham. It's, it's like, he, it's, he doesn't feel like he's really part of like, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten good vibes from him since this whole year, really, to be honest. And I know it's not, not just about vibes. If he was to start winning a bunch, I think people would be a lot more forgiving. But very quickly, if you are not winning and you're playing unattractive football and you're not giving the fans any kind of optimism, any kind of hope, um, I just don't see what he is doing well then. Kim, where are you at with the Conte project? I'm not Conte out. Um, I feel like this year has been difficult on him personally. Um, so I don't want to like throw him under the bus. That is true. That's a good Because point. one, the team has struggled in, in ways that he probably didn't expect. Um, like the fact that we can't get out of second gear, most first halves. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know where to put that blame. Honestly, I don't know where to put it. Sometimes you, you want to say it's the players. Other times you're like, well, if Conte's the coach, why shouldn't he, why can't he get them up for this? And so, I just feel well, like the other thing there, just real with the players versus coach thing, we can't go replace all our players, but we can go replace a coach. Like if it's actually all the players collectively deciding to do that, then it has nothing to do with Conte. That's not really resolvable. <laughs> and and that just doesn't seem, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense anyway. Unless well, there's my a, thing a is, culture. Is like we, 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 we can all point out the certain players that need to be upgraded. Like right now we're literally getting nothing from the left-hand side that that's not a I wouldn't say that's all a Conte thing that's like players not performing like let's yeah, but go the Conte drag them 
But Conte keeps playing Son over and over again instead of bringing Richarlison in. And then if there is a deal with with Perisic and Son playing on the same, it's like he hasn't really tried alternatives. He's just kind I mean, of right like, now his only alternative was Ben Davies, and you can't play Ben Davies like seven games in a row. I think part of it was Perisic has to play, and yes, he probably should have started started Richarlison. I think we can all agree about that. Um, but like that's just like one decision. Like so. Me, I'm not Conte out. I also don't think like Pochettino is the manager for this group of players. I don't know. Like if we're if we're gonna feel like Kane does not press and Kane is like now like a mid-block player, Pochettino's not the guy for him. Like <laughs> unless Kane is gonna start pressing from the front, then I don't think Pochettino's gonna be a good manager for us. I I don't think we're gonna I don't think we have the levels of legs to sort of like do what he wants at the moment. And so to me, our best manager is not going to be a guy that's going to, you know, run us what I feel like into the ground with players who have not played like that in what, four, three, three years now. Well, most of them weren't even here at the time when the last time he was. That's true. That's true. Like, I mean, I know there are some guys that can do it, but I feel like the guys that we currently have up front are not the guys that are going to be able to run that system. I mean, I, exactly. That, I that's just like, that's just my thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't think Conte personally. I think Conte is leaving at the end of the season. If he didn't leave, and he does another year, like Jesse hopes he does, I don't think I'd be necessarily mad about it. But I also just feel like for Pochettino to come back now, it feels premature. I do feel like he is going to coach Spurs again at some point. I do think we'll reach that moment where the stars are aligned. Some people already feel like that moment is right now. I'm not really a part of that camp. And and I think the reason that I'm not is because I think a lot of the reasons why we were not able to get over the line with Pochettino the last time he was our coach, a lot of those factors still exist now. (laughs) Um, and a lot of that comes from the top in terms of our recruitment strategy, in terms of us focusing on top four, instead of actually trying to win something um, in terms of us always trying to be good enough without actually being great. And I think one of the things to be clear, like Pochettino created an amazing team with a bunch of scraps that really had no business being as good as it was. (laughs) And I think the people that want Pochettino to come back are really hung up on two things. Number one, it was the last time the team actually felt like fun to watch. And the fans actually felt good about being Spurs fans. We haven't felt good about Spurs since he left. And we definitely not feel, feel, we definitely don't feel good about them this year. The other thing I think is this idea that like, he'll be able to muster magic out of these players the same way that he was able to do for the delis and the Sissokos and the, all these other people that were not really highly touted until he showed up and and made them into stars. And so I do think it's a lot to ask for lightning to strike twice, especially when, and I think this is the primary point, our management and our ownership has not shown a propensity to do things differently we're still kind of trying the same things, even though we're hiring coaches like Mourinho, we're hiring coaches like Conte. We're still kind of half-assing it when it comes to truly fully backing them. We're still looking to cut corners. And I think if we bring Pochettino in and we give him this group of players and we continue to try to cut corners, it's going to be more of the same. I just don't, I don't know that changing the manager really matters. And I know that sounds super pessimistic, but it just doesn't feel like the right time because I think there needs to be a shift in the way that we operate before he does come back. And until that happens, I just don't see, maybe it make maybe it makes us all feel better. We get butterflies uh, seeing Pochettino on the, on the sideline, but like if we still go to Molino and, and lose one nil, then ultimately I don't know that it makes that much of a difference. That's very well said, Joel. I have nothing to add. No notes. Great. No. 
yeah, this is the Quiz R Us podcast. You are listening to us. This is a podcast, and it's called Quiz R Us. We're on uh, Twitter. We're also on Instagram at Quiz R Us podcast. So follow us, subscribe to the podcast on all of the various streaming networks, and tell your friends. Tell your friends who are Spurs fans. Tell your friends who aren't Spurs fans. I know a few people who list, who follow other clubs that listen to this pod just because, uh, I don't they know, like maybe, they, maybe they just like hearing us complain about Spurs and it's fun for them. Um, I think so. But in any event, if you, you know, know football fans that are out there, I also wanted to give a shout out to one of the Queen Spurs who came to D.C. this oh, week. Yeah. Uh, one of oh my Kim's God, Tejas. Yeah, Tejas was mm-hmm. at the Irish Channel. Uh, we chopped it up for a while after the game. One thing about the supporters clubs in this country, man, I will say uh, they every group that I've met has really been a great bunch. And it's nice to be able to kind of commiserate with other people when you watch yeah. a game like like we watched this past weekend. And I felt better than I would have had I just been sitting at home at watching home. that game. So <laughs> um, shout to Tejas, shout to the Queen Spurs. And there were a few people that that showed up. Uh, I don't remember all of the OSCs that that were there, but I, I know we had someone from like Arizona. And I said, "Man, you traveled really far to watch us lose one now." Um, <laughs> so, shout out to the OSCs out there. And we move forward. So now we we're now we're moving on. We're moving on, and we're looking ahead to Wednesday. It feels a little do or die. It's do or die in terms of Champions League, but it also feels a little do or die for our season. It's like, I don't know, like Liverpool is looking like they're going to make that push for top four. Obviously, we're still in that race. But if we drop out of FA Cup and Champions League within a week of each other, um, I don't know, man. It this This feels like a game that we really have to get a results or else this season is going to just really take a nosedive. Am I wrong in that, Jesse? Am I overreacting? Help no, me yeah, it'd be here. bad to, to, to get bounced out of both remaining um, cups, despite, you know, the, the odds being on, on paper, a lot easier, uh, FA Cup being an easier path to, to a, to a title than champions league. Um that being said, anything can happen if you make the the final eight. Uh, I mean, anything can happen. If you make the final sixteen, which we already did. But um, yeah, I think that it would be and and in in between those two cup exits, you would have not that you know we killed our top four chances or a win versus Wolves would have made them you know rock solid, right? I mean, uh, we're, we'd still be up in the air with another three points or one point or or the zero that we ended up getting, but. Yeah, it would be a, a downtime for sure. And uh, the folks would be there with their pitchforks, which is why I think I've now I feel like I'm very close to calibrating the Spurs roller coaster. And I'm going to I'm going to be um, very confident. I am very confident about uh, about Milan um, uh, this Wednesday. I think has there been since they switched to no away goal rules? Has there have we gotten to this is the first year of that or last year was? I think last year was. I don't. Obviously, I wasn't watching as closely. I still watch Champions League, whether Spurs or not. But not not every game, not as closely as um, as this year to see if they had been in, um, if there has gotten to a uh, shootout. But that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd rather you know walk to a three zero win. You know, easy peasy. Um, but would be pretty sick to see a, a penalty shootout. Because um, I don't. Gracious. I don't think we've ever seen <laughs> I've never seen Spurs win. Um I mean we've we've been in some penalty shootouts and some you know Carabao Cup and some FA yeah. Cup stuff that, that's never been as consequential, but to see a penalty shootout for an elimination game at at uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium again would be also like watching a a playoff hockey game that my Rangers are in, like kind of puke inducing, but also really cool if it goes oh your way. My God. Um yeah, I said this. I said this yes uh, last last pod episode, and I'm gonna say it again. This just this game to me just has two one written all over it, man. Like I just I like you said three nil, amazing. Would love it. Would be banging on. We'd come on the pod next week. We'd all be jumping up and down. 
I don't see that three nil happening. And it's just, you know, granted, most of the predictions I've made so far since we've been having this podcast have been wrong anyway. So I'm probably going to be wrong again this time. But something is just telling me we're going to we're going to finish the 90 minutes and have a one goal win and have to go to extra time. I I hope I'm wrong and I hope we win it flat out. Um, but if we go to extra time and win the game, then I'd be happy with that too. So I don't know. This is, I, you know, I was, I was joking with some of um, my friends earlier this week that like, you know, we, we had to take these last two losses as penance so that we could win on Wednesday. So maybe this was just like the, the sacrifice that we had to make to, uh, win on Wednesday of course if we don't win then (laughs) it's just gonna feel like we've just been losing all these games for nothing and there's there's no joy to come out of it so hopefully we get a little bit of joy on Wednesday um I don't feel like really that scared of Milan as I mentioned last week they they aren't the AC Milan of of yesteryear but Spurs have been so consistently inconsistent that I don't even know what team is going to show up on Wednesday. I don't even know what team's going to start. I think the most apt uh, result for this would not even be the two one. I think it would be the the two zero where we're up two zero at the half, and then we're just uncomfortable knowing that a an away goal will send this to extra time and potentially penalties. Like that's that's the recipe for a real Spurs victory where. If we if we just are flat and don't show up, we'll just be kind of resigned. I don't think we'll be that upset. If we win 3-0, we'll obviously be happy. But the most Spurs result would be it would be a 2-0 Spurs win. But you know, on our heels the entire second half and just every every chance, every oh, kick, God. being like, oh, 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 oh my gosh! Like that's that's the that's the Spurs way. You're trying uh, to give Joel an see. ulcer there, man. <laughs> The ulcer's coming. It's either coming now or it's coming in two days. So let's <laughs> just, just let it in. Just let the ulcer Get out of the way. Door. Yeah, just. Yeah, I, uh, I I think it's funny how after all these results, we have a hard time obviously not being fairly negative, uh, even Jesse most of the time or some of the time. But uh, but we still continue to all pick wins so often. Like how often are we predicting losses or ties even, you know? It's, I tried it a couple for a reverse jinx and that didn't work either. But um yeah, I'm going to go with the top out pick of two of Spurs again cuz uh I have no idea what <laughs> I just I don't see how you can predict this team cuz as Joel pointed out they are predictably unpredictable. So, yeah, I'll go 2-0 as a a wish cast uh pick there. Spurs and Milan are actually kind of similar in a lot of ways. Like they're both like should be a little bit better than they are, but the fans are just kind of waiting for something to happen, but it's just kind of just been a disappointing season. And I could really just see the game going either way because of that, because it's like, who's going to, sh- who's going to, who's going to have a bigger flop on Wednesday? <laughs> like, is it going to be us or is it going to be them? One of these two teams is going to have a poor performance and I'm just hoping theirs is worse than ours. Well, thank God real quick that that away goal thing is not going on. Cause that would be the most Spurs result is to be winning two Oh, and then yeah. <laughs> just to say, be back on our heels and then concede an 87th uh, minute <laughs> goal where we lose on the away like, goals. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. That would have sucked. So like Joel pointed out last week is like in our most recent fixtures, a lot of the games we have lost have been away from home. Like, Three of these one nils have been away from home. Us at home last, last, uh, you know, we got like three and three. So I'm going to keep that streak going thinking we're going to win at home. So uh, like, I think like this is the kind of match where like our home like is actually like a real, real boon, I think for us, like, being at a Champions League game, it was the first one. The like energy in that building is like palpable, and I feel like it's even more intense. Like under the lights, nighttime, like European fixture is like blood boiling That's it. sort so of it's thing. Built for with the with yeah. The so so I feel wall. like 
I feel like they're probably going to do like a TIFO. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a TIFO, if they like made a really big deal about it. And it's they need to make a big deal about it or else it's going to be the last one. (laughs) It seems to me like our players do get up for those kind of matches, at least this year. Like, um, I feel like most of the Champions League games we won were at home earlier in the group stage. Um, Like, obviously, we had a couple of away. I think when we beat Marseille, that one was away. Um, but I feel like, yeah, that stadium is built for nights like Wednesday night. So um, I'm going to I am going to go for a two nil as well. I think it'll be nervy, but I do think like Kane will probably get a goal. Um, and then, yeah, probably like a set piece or something. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go two nil and, you it'll know, be a that's me. free kick after Kane hits the wall. <laughs> right he needs to just if we get a free kick he needs to just like the team needs to just kind of like have an intervention they need to just crowd around harry and be like listen buddy be like bro not today bro. we need to win this game <laughs> like just give the ball up give it to poro yeah kim who do you start hey, on wednesday i mean because we know when the lineup drops, we're gonna be pissed either way. So <laughs> let's let's just try to let's try to rationalize who we hope, so that if it actually happens, maybe we can not complain for the next hour. Which it's probably not gonna happen. Whatever we say now so, is not gonna happen. So Dyer is suspended, so he will not be available. So okay, well that means that goes long way in the that's well the back three is already chosen. There you go. Longley is the center center back, Romero and um what's his face? Davis. Um Davis. So that means Parisic has to start. That's why I think like Wolves are supposed to be like a test run, I think, for the Champions League. <laughs> um so Lord. so yeah, so so we either go like Emerson or um Pedro Poro. Um you gotta go Emerson. I'm gonna go Emerson. Yeah, you have to for sure. You have to, you have to. Player, player, you know, nominated for player of the month in the Premier League. That's the guy I would put in. Um, I would go Kulisevsky, Kane. I probably go Richarlison. That Richie on the left side. I think you got to do that too. I would, I would go Richarlison as well. So yeah, it would be basically the same team, but I would take out um, Poro and I would take out um, Son, and then I would bring Son on at like minute seventy. Yeah, great um, if idea. we need it. To me, that's like the best. Conte way to out, Kim in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that to me is like that's the lineup I will go with. And then if we needed like some punch at some point, if we need to make some attacking subs, I feel like Dan Juma and um, Son would be good options to bring off the bench. Um, yeah. The oh, Dan the midfield Juma thing is very baffling. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very like I am truly baffled about that because it does he... feel like a conversation we've had before. Right. We we had this conversation about Spence. We had this conversation about <laughs> Bergvine last year. Um, and it does feel like very weird that we are spending money on players that we are simply not playing. I don't know if this is because Paratici is going out and buying guys that the coach doesn't want or if it's the coach saying, go get this guy but he's really just going to come in as insurance in case somebody gets injured. But other than that, I'm not going to play him. Like it's, it's very strange, especially when the choices that you have been playing aren't performing. How in the world we spend the money on Dan Juma. He comes in, he scores in a cup game against lower level competition, but still he, he banged on. And somehow Lucas Moore, who's been injured for the past four months, is getting more game time than him. I just, I don't quite understand exactly what's going on there, but nonetheless. Yeah, so I I would hope that, like, those guys are the guys that are attacking subs, and then we didn't really talk about the midfield, but I just assume it's going to be Skip and Hoiberg again. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a bad team. I think if if they show up, like we should win. <laughs> I really do think that. I think if we sh- if our team shows up, like if we are any concerns about that dis- that back three recently? Yes, yes. there's definitely <laughs> concerns about that back three. Like Romero is going to have question, to be covering right? for like <laughs> it was it was a leading uh, question. <laughs> Romero is going to have to be like just you know 
everywhere. Not he's getting... gonna have to play three positions. Yes. He is. He's he's gonna have to be all over the place. Like yeah, we need it's... to start. We need to start a science department and clone Fair him. Circle. All right. Well, last thing before we go, let's just give it a quick round robin, one to ten. How confident are you? Wednesday night. Start with Jesse. Yeah, ten. I'm 100 ten. I'm Wait, gonna double my betting unit this week on, on Spurs to win. Ten. I feel like that's I've honed in on the on the on the roller coaster. Is there some wood you can touch and knock on right now? Because I feel like that's a little bit of a jinx there. I feel like he's screwing with us, Ben. I feel like this is like <laughs> this is his way of just messing with our heads. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with like five, <laughs> just because like I said, they're they're so unpredictable. I. I, I agree with uh, I think it was Kenny that brought it up of them playing home. Uh, they're, they we've looked much better at home, but we've also gotten bumped by Leicester and beat by Sheffield and <laughs> you know beat by uh, by Wolves and and I'm trying to think of some of the other terrible disaster uh, you know kind of disaster results in the last month or two since the World Cup concluded. Um, but I just I there's no way I could I could have enough. Uh, have enough confidence in this team to say anything more than like a six. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm at like a 6.5, whereas like I'm I'm still failing. I've still got like a D. You got but... a D. <laughs> it's a D <laughs> but, yeah. but like I can get a little extra credit and turn that D into a C pretty easily, right? Like it's that D plus oh. is right on the line. I can, yeah. I can make that into Mine's... a 70 if like, I work hard. I feel well, like it's an F plus, but then you could change it into an A afterwards. It would look yeah. kind of like an awkward blocky A, but oh wait, when you take it to your mom, it's an A. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, I was, yeah. I think I'm a six as well. Um, I think like Ben said, this is this feels like a toss-up game. I could see us winning 2-0, I could see us losing 2-0. I wouldn't be surprised with either result. I think both teams have a lot of issues and it's really just going to be a matter of, you know, who's better on the night. I think the only edge that I'm giving over a five um, is the fact that we're playing the game at home. We've won our last couple home games. We've performed very poorly on the road lately. And so I do think, especially coming off of two losses, I'm expecting to see a little bit of fight I also like the fact that we played in one of the most intimidating stadiums in Europe and gave up one cheap goal on a rebound. Like we didn't get played off the pitch. And so I think if we can maintain some energy from the crowd and really allow that to spur us on, no pun intended, I do think there's an opportunity there. I'm not going to give it more than a six, (laughs) but I do think, I have more faith in us winning than losing, but just by that much, just by that much. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Wednesday, big game. Hopefully we get at least two more Champions League games after this one. Either way, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on.